0: Uh, we're here to, to bless you today with, 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 with the word of the Lord and with testimonies. And uh, I really want to share some, some things that God's been doing in my heart the last uh, few weeks. Um, so if you uh, have your Bible and you're going to look with me, I want to look uh, in John 15. John 15:15 15, 15 says, No longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. Hold on to that. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Amen? I was reading a few days ago, and this just really began to jump off the page to me. He makes a distinction here between servant and friend, and I want to dive into the the idea of why, what makes that distinction. But to do that, I want to go back to where we were just reading a minute ago. I want to. This is the um, the discourse after the Last Supper, and Jesus begins to talk to the disciples, and I love. The, the, the road he takes them down in John 13, 14, 15, and even into 16, I really believe these, the, these things will change the way we see the world. It will change the way we live our life. It's been feeding me for the last few days, and I want, I want to share this with you. But let's jump back now. Before we come back to John 15, let's go to where we were just a moment, a moment ago in John 13. It says now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to, to depart out of the out of the world to the Father, having loved his own who were with him in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, it says, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betr- to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and that he was going back to God, he rose from supper, he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist, then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of his disciples and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. The Bible says that Jesus knew his hour had come. It says that Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God. Jesus knowing. Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand. Growing up, Pastor... uh, I almost said Pastor Carmen, Pastor Carmen, whatever we call it, we call Carmen. Carmen, her dad was my pastor, and he always talked about knowing it down in your knower. He always talked about knowing things down deep in the, in the, in, in the center of who you are, knowing it down deep, knowing it in your knower. Jesus knew that all things had been given into his hand and that he came from the Father, that he was going to the Father. He knew he was right where he was supposed to be. That has changed my life. I don't want to just go through the motions in ministry, and I don't want to just go through the motions in life. I believe that God leads us. I believe that God guides our steps. Do you believe that? When you know that you are standing in the place that God told you to stand, even in the face of, uh, of, of trial and tribulation or betrayal, Jesus knows. He knows what's about to happen. He knows that his hour has come. He knows that he's about to be betrayed, and he still stands up. He, he wraps that towel around his waist. He gets down on his hands and knees, and he washes the feet Of his disciples, that seems impossible to us. But he knew who he was, and he knew where he where he was going. I want to live every every day of my life with conviction that I'm in the place that God told me to be. It's not easy. Being in this place, in this in in this uh, region of of religious strongholds and all the things that are going on culturally in this region is not easy to do. That to be a pastor in a in an area like this isn't easy. And I know that Jim and Carmen could could attest to that. They, they go through things. They go through trial. They go through tribulation. They go through question and doubt. But at the end of the day, or the beginning of the day, when they stand up, when they go to bed, they know that they're doing the thing the Father asked them to do. And that makes everything else possible. Does that make sense to you? To you? If you know that you're where he wants you to be. I love the picture of Righteousness. And I'm not saying that we perform to be righteous. We are righteous because of Jesus. Amen? But because of Jesus, we have been made the righteousness of God, the Bible says. But I also like, when I think about righteousness, I love the old, um, the Amplified Bible used to say it like this. It called righteousness, and then in parentheses it would say, right standing with God. And I love that idea because I want to be in right standing with God. And I know that that's not because of me. I know that that's because of Jesus, right? But I can do my part. I can do my part to be careful to hear his voice. I can do my, my part to be careful to live life carefully before him. That doesn't mean timidly or afraid. That's not what that means. But that means with conviction, with conviction that I know that I'm doing the thing that the Father has asked me to do. Amen? I love that. And when you do that, when you know that you're right where the Father wants you, even in the face of pain or anguish or betrayal, we can serve well. We can serve our family well. We can serve our community well. And Jesus showed us how to do that. He continues. Let's read now. In John 14, I want to read in two places, but we'll start in in verse 1. Because he continues, he takes them further down the road. He says, verse 1, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. You know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. Now jump to 15, verse 15, uh, John 14, verse 15. And if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Amen. He says, You know the way. You know where I'm going. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. You know. Jesus keeps saying, You know, you know, you know. And man, that just started bubbling and brewing in my heart as I began to read in John 15. You know, he says. You know that you're not orphans. I will come to you. I love the picture that we see in 2 Corinthians. Verse 21 and 22 says this. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse verse 21 and 22 says, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us in God, who also has sealed us and given us, the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. I love this verse in Spanish. Does anybody speak Spanish? No? Nope. Hey, I heard something. There we go. It, it says in Spanish, it says, El cual también nos ha sellado y nos ha dado las arras del Espíritu en nuestro corazón. Arras Del espíritu, the guarantee, where it translates in English, the guarantee. In Spanish it says, las arras del espíritu. And I love that picture because down in Mexico, in one of our little villages, when we have a wedding, they, they, they have their, their, their custom just like we do here. And one of the things that they do, and I never put it together until I was reading this one day, but one of the things they do is they give las arras. And the groom will take, they use coins. He'll take a handful of coins and he will put the the coins in the the hand of of his bride-to-be and it symbolizes the promise that I will care for you. I will take care of you. And I love that because Jesus, the Word of God here promises us He cares for us. He will care for you. Do you understand that? It's imperative that you believe he is a God that cares. It's imperative that you believe that he is a God that judges sin. Absolutely. Amen? But he is a God that cares. I always saw God as up there waiting to strike me down with a lightning bolt and fear was my motivator. I'd try to stop drinking or doing drugs or whatever the thing it was because I was afraid of going to hell and I would try my best to stop for about two, three months. It would work because I was being motivated by fear. I don't want to go to hell. So I'm going to try to change. But when I first, for the first time, really felt the love of God, the love of God has motivated my heart in a way that fear never could. Fear never motivated motivated me to holiness, love did. Love motivated me to do my very best to live a holy life and to live carefully before the Father. Isn't that good? Man, that changed me. The motivations changed. And then life changed. And it's never been the same. Jesus, Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let your heart be troubled. Now let's jump again. Let's go back to John 15 and let's read, these, let's read this in light of what we've just seen. He says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. So what's the distinction? Where was the line of Distinction. I don't call you servants anymore. I call you friends because the servant does not know what his father is doing. And Jesus said again and again, but you know what I am doing. You know. You know what I am doing. I really believe that we need to stop living like we've been left in the dark because we haven't. We haven't been left in the dark. We're not alone. I'm not a slave to fear. Amen? Stop living like you've been left in the dark. We know what he has said. One morning in Mexico, I got up early just to spend time with Jesus. There was a lot going on. You know, that we go through a... Seasons there where the violence is is more than normal and it can weigh on your mind. It can stress you out. That's natural. And we were just going through some things in in ministry and in our own hearts, uh, Hannah and I. And so I just got up one morning and in prayer, just trying to spend some time with Jesus, because that really is the thing that fixes me. That really is the thing that calms me down. I have to turn all the noise off and I have to go sit with the one who loves me. The lover of my soul. Amen. And so as as I was doing that one morning, I really felt the voice of the Lord. I, I, I heard the voice of the Lord in my spirit and he said to me, he said, I will establish you. And I heard it just as clear as if it would have come from one of you. He said, I will establish you. And as fear or doubt or, or something would creep up and I began to, to, to falter or to, to, to become concerned with things going on around me, the whisper would come back. And he would say, I will establish you. And that went on for months and months and months. And then I was reading in Hebrews one day. And when when he was making promises to to Abraham, the book of Hebrews says that because he could swear on nothing greater, he said, blessing, I will bless you. Because he could swear by nothing greater, he said, I will do it. Yahweh. Yahweh. The I am said, I will establish you. And as I read that that morning, I felt the, go, the, the voice of the, the Holy Spirit said, said to me, do you remember the day I said, I will establish you? He said, there was no greater way for me to say that. There was no stronger way for me to say that than to say, I will do it. Do you believe? that when he speaks in his word, he's speaking to you. Do you believe that? These promises are for you. These promises are real. I've seen things that cannot be unseen. You cannot tell me that God does not heal the sick. I've held dying people in my arms and watched God touch them and heal their lives. I've seen blinded eyes open, deaf ears open, lame walk, All kinds of miracles. I've seen all kinds of stuff. You cannot tell me that God does not heal today. Amen? Amen. Because there's a lot of people that would tell you it's not true. I was standing in a village the other day where God did a miracle. God raised this baby. This baby was going to die and God raised this baby from the dead. Had some kind of disease that was... Uh, uh, eaten its flesh off, and the baby was almost dead. We prayed for the baby. God healed this baby, gave it new skin, gave it a new nose. It was insane. The miracle was insane. A few, uh, Two or three years had passed. This just happened not too long ago, and I was standing in the village where that miracle happened, and I had completely forgotten, not forgotten the miracle, but you, you we go to so many places that you don't put two and two together sometimes. So I'm literally standing in the spot where I was holding that baby when God raised it from the dead, when God healed it and and gave it life. And man, I began to weep and I said, guys, I want to tell you about this miracle that happened in this place. And I was crying and, and trying to get it out. And as I started trying to tell the testimony, this guy in the back of the house started shouting, hermano, brother. And I said, yeah. He said, that was my son. He said, he's the one that's standing beside you. The kid was standing right here holding on to my britches leg. You can't undo that in me. Right? These songs we were singing, as we were singing, I was was reading the, the, the songs we were singing I thought if we really believed what we're singing right now, we could change the world. If we really believed that, if we really believed that, if it was as real in our heart as it is in our head, if it was as real in our heart as it is in our head, you couldn't be stopped. Jesus, listen to me, Jesus cannot be stopped. Do you believe that when the Word of God says that His kingdom will know no end, do you believe that's true? I do. I believe that. But it's got to get past here. It's got to get into here. And I'm telling you that sitting in the presence of the living God changes you. All of those great miracles, all of those signs, all of those wonders, they've made me who I am today. I don't deny that. But I need you to understand that all of that pales in comparison to the fact that I got to get up this morning and go sit at the feet. Of the King of Kings. That's what feeds your life. That's what will sustain you. Forever. Right? Because you know that you know that you know. That unlocks intimacy. And devotion inside of you. He doesn't call you servant any longer. He calls you friend. Because he's begun to share things with you. Because. You are important enough that he wants to speak to you. You believe God wants to speak to Jim. You believe God wants to speak to Carmen. But I need you to believe that God wants to speak to you. I need you to believe that God wants to meet with you. I'm all the time joking that, you know, somewhere 50 years, 100 years back, I don't know exactly when, but somewhere along the way, we started coming to church and quit coming to Jesus. What will it look like on the Sunday that you get here and you've been in his presence all week long? What, what will that look like? Not the presence of good teaching, and we need good teaching. We need all of that stuff. But what will it look like when you understand that you get the great privilege to sit in the presence of the living God? Man. And he's going to speak to you. He's going to interact with you differently than he's going to interact with me. I can't tell the difference between Star Trek and Star Wars. Wars. (laughs) That's right, bro. And Jim knows Chewbacca's social security number. That's how different we are. And God's going to t- speak to him. God's going to the, the secret place. I talk and, and, and preach about the secret place all the time because it, is, is, it has become the driving force in my life because that is where I meet with the Father. That is where I spend time with Jesus. And it, it changes geographically. It changes. Sometimes it's in Mexico. Sometimes it's in Savannah. Sometimes it's in Texas. But there is a place. Where if we will engage him. Do you remember in the word of God he says. And when you pray. Go into your secret place. Go into the closet and shut the door. You remember that part? He said shut the door. And he said the father who is in secret will hear you. The father who is in secret. Will hear you. God is everywhere and we know that. Amen. But he is in the secret place. There is. There is an emphasis there, and you need to understand that it's real. He wants to meet with you, He wants to do life with you. And as you do that, it will unlock things on the inside of you that you didn't even know existed good things, life giving things. The church needs to be life giving. But Jesus is the giver of life. And the church is a group of individuals. So we as a group will never hit the mark if we as individuals aren't taking the personal responsibility to spend time with Jesus. But listen, it's past responsibility now. I'm trying to tell you it is pleasure. It has become the greatest pleasure of my life. Mike Bickle wrote a book one time called The Pleasure of His Company. I enjoy the presence of the Lord. Amen. I hope you do. I hope you do. Because there's something there. There's there's a place that he's inviting us into. Sadly, many won't go there. In, in Isaiah 9 The Bible says this For unto us a child is born And the government will be upon his shoulder And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor Wonderful Counselor That's the mistake I always made It's not Wonderful Counselor It's Wonderful Comma Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. Amen? There will be no end. Look right here. His name is Wonderful. That's one of His names. Wonderful. I always said Wonderful Counselor. That's also true. He is a Wonderful Counselor. But I need you to see that there's a a comma here, wonderful comma. His name is wonderful, full of wonder. And as I began to, to dig into John 15 and really meditate on that great truth, he calls me friend. He had to change the way he talked about me because of the secrets he began to pour into my heart. Because of the great truths, the great depths that he began to share with me, he actually had to give me another name. That's beautiful. Meditate on that. Think on that. He actually changed the way he talks about me because of the beautiful things that he decided he wants to pour into me. Amen? And as he does that, I I will be the first to tell you I do not understand everything that is going on in the world today. I don't. Nor do I understand everything that is happening in the kingdom of God. Paul says that we steward the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Amen? We steward those mysteries. But it came to me like this. Remember I told you, stop living like you've been left in the dark. He has shared his deep, great, powerful, life-giving truths to us. We know what he is doing. Amen? We know what he is doing. You know where I am going. You know what I am doing. But God, how? How do I know? I don't feel like I know what you're doing. And he proclaims to us, you know what I am doing. It might be mysterious to you. Listen well. It might be mysterious to you, but don't let it be confusing. God is not the author of confusion, the Bible says. Amen? What God is doing should not be confusing to you. It might be mysterious, but it's not confusing. I feel God moving in the world today. I feel God moving In my family, I feel God moving down in Mexico. I do see all of the need. I do see all of the confusion of the enemy. All of the lies of the enemy. I see it. I joke all the time. I I do see it, but CNN and Fox News don't run my life. Do you hear me? Because I... Okay, I was going into Spanish okay even though you turn on the tv you turn on the news and i watch the news i do that i'm not i'm not busting your chops over that i'm saying don't let it confuse you god is still on the throne jesus is king amen jesus is king i got a buddy got it tattooed on his arm jesus is king he just got tired of all the crap all the crap going on. And every time he gets, he gets bewildered with it, he just starts staring at his arm. Jesus is king. Amen. He is still on the throne. His kingdom will know no end. He is still wonderful. He is still my counselor. He is still my everlasting father. Amen. And it don't matter what the devil's doing. It doesn't matter what China's doing. Jesus is still king. And that truth has settled my heart. Amen? Philippians Philippians 4.4 says that the peace of God that passes understanding, right? Or 4, 6, and 7. The peace of God that passes our understanding, it says in the old Amplified Bible, it says, will garrison and mount guard over your heart. It will guard your heart. The peace of God will guard your heart. And I have to tell you, I cannot escape the peace of God that I feel. I can't get away from it. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. I cannot escape the peace that has its hands on me. He is the Prince of Peace. And He has His hands on me. I can't get away from peace. If you're confused... Shake that thing off. Go sit with him. Remember, he has shared his truths with you. You know who he is. You know what he is doing. We know the end of the story. So we know the end of our story. Amen. It's for life. Life and not death. I'm not a songwriter, but I wrote a song the other day. It's almost like a poem. I don't know what you'd call it. I like to write stuff. But it, the last line is um, From death to life I rise not once, but every time. He is the resurrection, He is the life. And because of my connectedness to Him, because I am one with Him, it doesn't matter what's going on. From death, to life I rise not once but every single time. Right, John Milton said, The mind is its own place it can make a heaven of hell and a hell of heaven Nassim Taleb he's a professor at New York University he wrote uh, Black Swan or the Black Swan he said the wind that extinguishes a candle energizes a fire the wind that extinguishes the candle energizes a fire we need to let heaven change our perspective about who we are because of who he is it's not about how good we are it's about how good he is does that make sense Hannah and I were riding through Alabama one day we had come out of Mexico and we were going to preach similar to what we're doing today I think I shared this at Pooler last year, year before, whenever it was. But um, It had been raining for days. Hadn't seen the sun in days. Um, and we had to get up that morning to go way north, so we were going to get up early to get to church on time. When we got up, the, the, the sun, it was still dark. The sun hadn't come up yet. So we got in the truck, and we started driving. The boys stayed uh, with their grandparents. Thank you, Jesus. Got a date with my wife, and so me and my beautiful wife are riding through these country roads. And it was the fall of the year, and fall in Alabama, fall in Georgia. I mean, it's just beautiful, right? So, uh, fall of the year, trees are, are beautiful, and as as the sun began to come up, I noticed all the clouds were gone. It was a beautiful blue, pink sky. The sun was hitting all the leaves, and the leaves were changing colors. It was beautiful. And I said out loud, I said, it's a beautiful day, Jesus. And I heard him speak back to me just as clear as if it was you talking to me. I said, it's a beautiful day, Jesus. And he said, no, Isaac, all of my days are beautiful. And man, it hit me so hard. All of his days are beautiful. And just the the Holy Spirit began to minister to me in that moment as we were driving down the road. All of his days are beautiful. It's just another place to know him from. I can know him when the sun is shining. But I can know him when there's clouds in the sky. And I can know him in a way when there's storms outside in a way that I can't know him when, the, when everything's going great. I can know him in the midst of great need in a way that I can't know him when I have need of nothing. Does that make sense? I believe God has a nature. And as all of this stuff started happening, the pandemic started popping off and all this, it was just insane. I was actually in India when it all started popping off. We almost got stuck in India me and the guys that were there, um, we finally got back to Texas, you know, and just seemed like everything fell off the rails. And it was just going crazy. And I started thinking about all the stuff that was going on. And this story, this, this idea, and it's something that, that we and our family, it's something I'm trying to sow into the hearts of my, my kids That all of his days are beautiful. It doesn't matter what's going on. Whatever is happening today is just another place that I get to know him from. I get to know the Father from this place that I'm in today. Amen? And even though we are subject to nature, I believe that we are subjected to nature by the infinite wisdom of God. By the infinite wisdom of a loving God, we are subjected to nature so that we can truly know His nature. Think about it. All of these things that we go through in life, all of the trials, all of the the things that seemingly are trying to take us out, remember, ultimately, they can't because Jesus is King, and his kingdom will never end. I am a citizen of said kingdom as you are. Amen? I hope so. Let that change the way you see the world today. Let that seat you in peace. Let that seat you in a peace that passes understanding. And let that peace guard your heart. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be Troubled. When you feel yourself spinning out of control, when you feel confusing, confusion trying to grip your heart, your mind, go and sit with the one who can make everything else make sense. His name is Jesus. And I'm telling you, when I'm sitting with him, when I am seated with him, everything else fades away an old song says turn your eyes upon Jesus you remember that song look full in his wonderful face and the things of of this earth of this world will grow strangely dim, right in the light of his glory and grace go and sit with him and let his life-giving presence change the way you see the world Is it all clear? Do we know exactly what is going to happen? No, I can't say that we do. But Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulations, but don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Amen? We need to allow these things... To be brought into his glorious light. The word of God says that we are children of the light. Jump over. I don't know where it's at. In here at least. If you can find the one, bro. In Hebrews 12, please. Where is it? That's 11. you I'll let you find it Hebrews 12 verse 28 Hebrews 12:28 says this Wherefore we receiving we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence And godly fear. We have received a kingdom which cannot be moved. Amen. We have received a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Remember, his kingdom cannot be shaken. Because his kingdom cannot be shaken, the word of God says, because his kingdom cannot be shaken. Receive grace. The word there in the the Greek. Help me with the pronunciation, Jim. Cherish, ch- cherish. Cheris? I think that's right. I always go to Spanish translation in my head or, or pronunciation. Cherish. The word means graciousness. Graciousness is gratifying of manner or act abstract or contr- or concrete literal figurative or spiritual especially listen to this especially the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life especially the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life listen to that that's amazing Because we know his kingdom cannot be shaken. Receive grace. Receive his divine influence on your heart today. Receive his divine influence on the way you think today. The divine influence of God on your heart and its reflection in the life. The world today needs us to reflect the glory of God it doesn't come from us it comes from him but it that reflection that shine that essence that comes on you that unction that comes on you comes because you have been with Jesus down in the mountains of Mexico our brothers they don't look like much They don't have much. They don't dress like we do. Their churches, like I said, they're made out of sticks and grass and dirt floors. But when they lay their hands on the sick, when they pray for the sick or the the dead, God does stuff. God moves in their midst. It's not because they're special. It's because they have been in the presence of the living God. They are reflecting His glory. I want that on my life. I want that on your life. I believe, there's a guy, uh, Damon Thompson says, the answer for the world outside of us is the world inside of us. The answer for the world out there is the world That's alive in here. Not meaning the the things of this world, but this 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 thing that has been generated in our heart. It's called the kingdom of heaven. I like to scuba dive. I trained to scuba dive some. Not great. I'm not no Navy SEAL or nothing, but you know I could get along. I could do it. And when you get down deep, you'd have to equalize. Some of you probably know that. But you would have to equalize the pressure from the outside of your body to the inside of your body. And I love the story when Jesus is in the boat and he's going through the storm. The disciples are freaking out and Jesus is literally asleep. Old King James says, asleep on the pillow or something like that. Jesus is taking a nap in the middle of the storm. But that's because the thing that was burning inside of him was a lot stronger than the thing that was raging outside of him. And when you walk out there, if that thing on the inside of you, if that blaze on the inside of you is is churning and growing, the same wind that will extinguish the candle will feed the inferno inside of you because it is just another opportunity To know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It looks impossible out there. I get it. I see it. It looks impossible. But it's just another opportunity for God to raise the dead. And if you don't believe that, I feel sorry for you. I believe Jesus when he says... It will know no end. It can't be extinguished. I believe that. Do you believe that? But past your head, do you believe it in your heart? Listen, He is inviting us in to a new way of life. He is inviting us in to true abundance. I know we talk about it and preach about it, and we should. But abundance has to be more than Sunday morning. True abundance will flow in us when we develop a deep root of personal and intimate devotion with the lover of our souls. Like I say, I've seen a lot of things. A lot of miracles. I've seen God do crazy stuff. And I'm... So blessed to have been a part of it. So blessed to get to to live where I live and do the things I've gotten to do. I'm so thankful for it. But I'm most grateful that He cares. I'm most grateful that I get to sit with Him and He calls me friend and He reveals Himself to me because He wants to be known. He wants to be known and He wants to be revealed. But it's not Jim's job to do that in your heart. It's not Jim's job to do that in your life. He's here to help you. I'm here to help you. I've been pouring into City Church probably longer than you've been going to City Church. And I mean it. I love love being a part of of what God's doing in my friend Jim and Carmen's lives. I'm, I'm blessed by that. I believe in what I'm doing. But this has to be more than a good teaching. This has to be more than an encouraging word on Sunday. And then you, you, you wait to actually walk it out and live it out until next Sunday. That just doesn't work. It doesn't produce life long term. I love you. And I'm here today to encourage you. To hear him, hear him call out to you. He no longer calls you servant. He calls you friend because he has something to share with you. Deep, beautiful, meaningful things. And the things he said to me cannot be taken away from me. But you need that in your life. My testimony can can help you. My testimony can encourage you. But you need to hear him say your name for yourself. That's when the tears flow. That's when the joy begins to bubble up in your heart. That's when things that don't make sense just all of a sudden become full of wonder instead of confusing. Jesus can do that. Amen? Jesus can do that. Receive His grace on your life today, right now. Open your hearts and receive His grace. Receive that supernatural influence. I told you, we are here in a natural world and we go through natural things. But let each and every one of those natural things serve you well in that you can know the Father more deeply and more intimately through them. All of His days are beautiful. And because all of His days are beautiful, all of my days can be beautiful. We are here in the natural, but we are contending for the supernatural. Amen? if you're sick in your body, we're here to say there's healing for you. If your marriage is broken, we're here to say there's restoration for your family. If you're lost in addiction to whatever the thing might be, we're here today to say, in Jesus' name, there's freedom for you. Open your ears and listen. He's whispering, he's calling out To you, friend, come. I have something to share with you. That's changed my life. That's changed the way I see the world. It's changed the way I love my wife and raise my kids. I was in ministry for a long time, and I thought that performance was the thing that Made me who I was. I could work harder than you. I could go to more villages than you. I could hike more mountains than you. And that had become my identity. I was getting people saved. I was getting people healed. I was doing all of the stuff of ministry and doing it well, doing it with a spirit of excellence. But I had forgotten the most important thing. And I told you the testimony of that baby, they got healed. But that started a a season in my heart, a season in my life where I began to question some things because I felt like God began to ask me the question, what what do you have to say? What do you really have to offer if you haven't heard? If you haven't heard my words, he says in his word, the things I tell you in secret, shout those things from the rooftop. And I felt a moment of invitation. I felt a moment of, where God extended himself to me and said, come, come. And I received that invitation. And I was born again. I loved Jesus. Don't hear that the wrong way. I loved Jesus. I was going, I was doing the stuff. And maybe you're doing the stuff, but there's just something missing. There's a, there is a, a, a degree of connection that you feel is lacking Let me encourage you today that he is extending himself before you. The Bible teaches us, I believe it's in Psalm 40, that I cried out to him. I waited patiently for the Lord, it says, and he heard my cry. I waited patiently for the Lord. Lord. And that word wait, I encourage you to go look at it. That word in the Hebrew means to intertwine. To become intertwined. I waited on the Lord until his thoughts became my thoughts. I waited on the Lord until, until his peace became my peace. I waited on the Lord until his... Oh, Ambiente. I can't think of the word in English. Environment. His environment became my environment. Think about that. I want to sit with him long enough until the environment, that peace that guards us, I want that to come on me. And that comes from sitting in the presence of Jesus. Amen. I love you. I appreciate you. We thank you for all the things that you've done for us. And we we hope that we can take this time to to encourage you, to step out, to move into the thing that God's saying and doing, not to just Jim, but what is God saying and doing in you? Amen? Amen. Jesus is king. God bless y'all. Brother Jim, will you come?
1: Hey, you know, I was thinking while he was sharing about the story of the prodigal and the younger son returns home and the dad is celebrating and the the older brother is uh having a conniption he's upset and the dad comes out and says you know it's always been yours you've always been here you've always been my son and i think that we forget that in real life, we'll look at it and we'll go, you know, I've got an eight-year-old and an 18-year-old and I don't expect the same thing from them and they can expect different things from me, right? And that as His sons and daughters, as we are walking in this relationship with God that, that He's invited us to, like, like we have the ability, right, to be able to own that. Like I, I don't have to, to live in this insecurity of This isn't fair. I see what you're doing over there. Or I see how you're helping this person or, or, or I see how you're redeeming that situation. We can be his sons and daughters and we can really own that and walk out living our lives in that. And, and, and I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to be sons and daughters of the living God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And regardless of what tomorrow looks like or what 2021 looks like, right, we don't have to be consumed by that fear because His kingdom is advancing. It's growing. It's not going backwards. And we are a part of that if we call Jesus King. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and close today. Uh, If you're online, if you'll take a moment with us right now just to pause what you're doing, and we're going to pray. Uh, Those of you who would like prayer, we are offering that in the back. Uh, Isaac and Hannah will be available as well. I know with a pandemic, if you're not comfortable, it's completely fine. They'll be wearing masks. The scripture says if you're sick in body, if you're in need, go to the elders, go to the leaders allow them to pray with you. And so we're continuing to operate in what we believe is a biblical manner. And don't want you to miss out on that if you'd like it. But right now, I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over you uh, and just a prayer of encouragement that, that we will be the mature believers in Christ that He's calling us to be. Amen. So let's just bow our heads for a moment. Father, we come to You right now, and I just ask that this Word today would just uh, not just be a seed planted, but would be a tree bearing fruit, that for those that have declared You as Father, those that have believed not just in their mind, their Word, but in their hearts that, that Jesus is King and that they need Jesus that Lord, you will do a work inside of each and every one of them to uh, just just to refine the identity. Uh, that they have for themselves as sons and daughters. And Father, that that inside of all that's happening in the world around us, not just today, but for the duration of our lives, that that would be the forefront, that that would be the the, the main part of our identity, our introduction to the world, that I am a son, I am a daughter of the living King of kings, the one that is coming to, to, to rule forever. We love you and we thank you for all that you do. In your mighty name, amen, amen. We love you guys. Again, if you need prayer, you can make that happen in the back. Otherwise, we'll see you Wednesday at midweek online. Uh, As always, go change your world.